It's the final week of the regular season. Teams trying to secure that those final playoff spots. The AFC title game on Sunday night. Pro Bowl list just came out. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Parity, Dean Radio, and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Chris Kosich here with CJ Medeiros. Has reported eligible. <laughs> and special guest, host of the Polluted Thoughts Podcast. A very good friend of mine all the way throughout high school. Played sports with them. Still great friends to this day. Was just on his podcast last Friday. Host of the Polluted Thoughts Podcast. Colin Garrity. Colin, thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having me on. It's a pleasure. Who who does that theme song? Your intro was bumping. That was hot. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting me. I was I wish you guys could if you have a recording of that, I'd like to see it. I was jamming out to the theme song earlier. That's that's Robert, right? Yeah, that's Robert. Yeah. Oh, somebody you know made that? Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's good. Host, I like host of the Pesky Poll podcast, Robert Shelley. Yep. Damn. Shout out but, him. Uh, that was dope. I like the music. <laughs> we'll let him know. But Colin, for those who don't know a lot about Polluted Thoughts or for those just t- t- joining and learning who you are, just kind of give your PTP a little plug in. Yeah. So uh, I run... Who to Thoughts podcast, PTP. Um, it's a very conversational podcast. It's all about just bringing to light what people do and why they're doing it and who they are. I remember sitting around in podcast, uh, excuse me, sitting around in COVID in my room being like, God damn it, me and my boys don't get the light that we deserve. No one can see who like the real people in us are. And then I came to the realization, I was like, that's everybody, you know? If you don't sit down and have a full-fledged interview with somebody and see it on the internet, you have no clue who that person is. Or have like a sit down with them face-to-face, you have no idea. You just see the internet, you know? So I was like, let's bring to light who these people are. And especially local people, there's a lot of people in like, especially where we live, Costage, music and artistry in general. There's a lot going on. So I always just wanted to bring that to light. So that's, you know, come check it out. It's on all platforms. Um, And we just did one with Costage. It was fantastic. We talked about his broadcasting journey. I was always interested. We never really like sat down and talked one-on-one about it. So it was interesting. Learn some stuff about other people and and about yourself and hopefully learn how to live life a little bit better. Hell yeah. And that episode just came out yesterday. So be sure to check that out on the same streaming platforms that we're on, which is pulling it up right now spotify speaker apple podcast iHeartRadio, google podcast youtube and so much more so we'll get right into it the saturday primetime games first we got steelers versus ravens ravens already said that they're going to be benching lamar 
So Tyler Huntley will be the starting quarterback. They have Steelers as the favorite by three in Baltimore, 430 on ESPN. Is CJ, did you hear have you heard about if Kenny Pickett is starting or not? Uh not recently. I uh I can check. I I've heard that he's questionable. And you know, Pittsburgh is trying to make a playoff push, so you know that he's probably gonna be someone they want for better or worse. Yeah, or and, even, uh, I mean Mason Rudolph looks pretty good in the last two weeks. Or wait, did he play last week? Now I'm blanking. I believe he did, yes. And furthermore, I truly believe that they should stay with Mason Rudolph. And I believe that they will. And there there are some rumors that he is refusing to be the backup, although Pickett himself has come out and said uh, that they're not true. But, of course, he would deny it. So I don't know. Wasn't yeah, he just the third string? I wouldn't know. Yeah, so they're saying Mason Rudolph was just a third string, but because Trubisky sucks, he took over in that spot. But Oh, by the way, uh, CBS Sports reports, uh, quote, Steelers Mason Rudolph remains starting quarterback over healthy Kenny Pickett for critical Week 18 matchup versus Ravens. Well, Stick with the high they hand. He, yep, they yeah. said that they've yet to decide, but all signs are pointing to Rudolph. And I think that's a good choice. I mean, like you yeah. said, stick with the hot hand, stick with that's good. Um, and for the Steelers, they clinch a, play, a playoff berth with a win or a Buffalo loss or a win with a Jacksonville loss or tie or a Houston and Indianapolis tie or Jacksonville loss and Houston <laughs> Indianapolis doesn't end in a tie or a Jacksonville loss, a Denver win. And Houston and Indianapolis doesn't end in a tie. It's a mouthful. A lot pause. going on there. A lot going on there. Um, this is why you win early, so you can control your own destiny instead of having to rely on some New Year's miracles. But that's just me. Which is kind of what I was saying on Tuesday about the Eagles. Now they kind of have to rely on Washington to beat Dallas, which doesn't seem very likely. But we'll get into that later on. Um, that's... That's risky business once you start relying on the other teams to get the losses and the, the ties is ridiculous. It the is. The fact that yeah. that if, even comes If you are relying on a team to get a tie, then just bury your season already. Which is kind of what – it's what happened a couple of years ago with the uh, Raiders-Chargers. Steelers, oh, yeah, needed, Steelers needed someone to uh, – needed someone to win. And it's, it's the equivalent like of being Chargers. like locked out of the crib – you know what I'm saying? You're like praying to God somebody just is awake to come to the door. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> That's a pretty good analogy. Um, but picks, though, this is tough. Um, is there anyone else out for the Ravens that they're sitting? Which I know they would... just got Dalvin Cook. I don't imagine he's playing. But no. as far as I go. That man can't learn how to read a playbook to save his life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I believe the politically correct term is the Jets effect, but whatever. <laughs> so that's actually looking, more accurate. Okay, looking at the injury report right now. So Lamar's out. They're sitting OBJ. Zay Flowers is doubtful. Um, Malik Harrison is out. Marlon Humphrey is ruled out. Daryl Worley is ruled out. Kevin Zeitler ruled out. 
So it looks like they are going to be sitting quite a few players for this game, which you would assume that the Steelers would then pick up the victory. Um, but Tyler Huntley's still a good quarterback, in my opinion. So it's not to say that you can't rule the Ravens out of this, but with the stakes being so high for the Steelers, I'd have to take the Steelers by four. That's the spread? Four? No, no the, steel, the spread oh. is by three, Ooh. but I'm I was going to ask what the spread that, is. I should hammer the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. Like, the practice squad in over there in Baltimore. Basically. Um, so, you know, yeah, I want to see Malik Cunningham. Yeah. <sighs> Malik Cunningham. As, on behalf of all Patriots fans, I, too, would like to see Malik Cunningham. However, I do want to say that I am also taking Pittsburgh. Reason being, Baltimore is playing their JV team, basically. <laughs> and even though like their defense is still really good, Pittsburgh is rolling with a hot hand in Mason Rudolph, to my knowledge. And, well, you know, these division games are always a little wonky. Usually is. I'd agree. I'm going to go Steelers, but I'm going to say they get it done by probably like 13 or 14. That's reasonable, They're playing too. the like Wunderberg Blue Knights JV team tomorrow. I don't know what to say. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Main event for Saturday night, Texans-Colts. C.J. Stroud fully back and ready to go for Houston. Uh, Houston's 3-4 and four on the road. Colts are 4-4 four and four at home. It's in Indy. They have the line at Houston by 1.5. Um, we've just pulled up the playoff scenario here. So Houston clinches. This is, so this is also basically for the AFC South. So Houston clinches the AFC South with a win and a Jacksonville loss, and they clinch a playoff berth in, in general with a win or with a tie, a Jacksonville loss, and a Pittsburgh loss or tie. For Indianapolis, they clinch the South with a win and a Jacksonville loss or tie or just a tie and Jacksonville loss. And they clinch a playoff berth with a win or a tie in a Pittsburgh loss or tie. Hmm. All right. So oh, that's something. This is yeah. So this is a game that's for the AFC South. Obviously, Jacksonville playing de- uh, playing Tennessee on Sunday is also going to be for AFC South supremacy as well. But this is this is the game to watch if you're an AFC South fan of any team or of any of those three teams. Um, hmm. I'm going to go Houston though. Houston by three. I just like the Texans more. You have CJ Strato in the field. That just gives your chance. That just gives your team's chances that much more of a chance to win. Really? CC. I love CJ Stroud, man. He is that guy. He's going to be the future of the NFL, I think. Yeah. Maybe a little too too soon to tell, but the way that he's been playing this season has been incredible. I think yeah. uh, they're going to get it done. I think my boy T is going to cash out a futures bet on the AFC South because he put a little bit of money on CJ and them boys. So I think that they're going to get the dub, and I think they're going to clinch the AFC South. I like it. I like it. What do they need? CJ. They need a Jacksonville loss as well. Yeah, Jacksonville loss. Yeah, Jacksonville loss or tie. They need a win and a Jacksonville loss or tie. I think 
Yep. And Jacksonville's playing who? Tennessee, you were saying? Yep. That Mayo boy might upset them. <laughs> might ruin the season. Jack, uh, but CJ, your thoughts? Give me Houston. No questions asked. I know Indy's got a good defense, but it, it's over. If I'm Indy, I'm already looking at next season. You know, you have like a good first year with Stike and you build on it. But Houston, I mean, even without guys like Tank Dell, CJ Stroud is just that guy. I'm sorry. CJ Stroud. I mean, I thought, and I'm on record saying that I think he's he was the best quarterback in the draft when he was drafted. But this year, oh my God, I, I believe in this man. And if there's any guy who you want to count on, rookie or otherwise, to get the job done against a division rival this week, give me C.J. Stroud. Easily. Easily. I also and, am throwing a prediction out there that Devin Singletary is going to have at least 120 all-purpose yards, maybe 120 rushing yards, because he gets a fat bonus if he runs for like 160 yards this game or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was like oh, 125 yes. or $250,000. That's the other thing oh, I didn't even think about was that this week is a big incentives week. So we'll probably see. I was see... reading into that prior to the pod. Yeah. So we'll probably see a lot more. So we'll probably see players play till they get to that incentive or play certain like they play a half of football or three quarters of football, then get uh, sat out. Yeah. Some of them are far fetched though. Like Tyreek yeah. looking for the single season title. Like that's a little, you know, we'll get, we'll get. He, yeah. He needs like 200 something yards for that or something like that. But 228, I think, I think it was 228. Yeah. So we're all on Houston for that. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get through the Sunday 1 p.m. games. You are listening to the Fumbrewski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88, Dean Radio, and Secret Weapon Consulting. Chris Costich, CJ Medeiros, Colin Garrity, our special guest from the Polluted, po- Polluted Thoughts podcast. It's a tongue twister. To- yeah, <laughs> usually isn't, but for some reason it just was. So get to the one o'clock games. Our first game on the list, Patriots Jets. They have the Pats by two. And if you're New England, if you're a New England fan, you really, really want to lose this game, even if it's against the Jets, because of um, because of your draft pick, take the loss, then you're automatically at the two spot. Um, but with the Jets having the worst offense in the league, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to say that the Pats won't win this game. So what about our integrity costage? 
Yeah, I know. That's the thing. That's the and thing. New England Integrity. This is the NFL. You've <laughs> got guys like David Tepper running around throwing drinks on fans. You got Tyreek Hill running around breaking his kid's arm, especially now that another one he's trying to break another kid's arm since someone lit his house on fire. Yeah, a little kid. I mean, look. I mean, you look at this league of of corrupt owners, abusive players, and questionable coaches. There is no integrity here. Is there cussing allowed on this podcast? Uh, Adam will yell at us. Keep it to a minimum. Never mind. (laughs) Then I'd like to stick a big virtual middle finger out to Mario and the New York Jets. Because we're not losing this football game. Take all my money minus two for the Patriots. Bill Belichick is not going out on the L. We're not sacrificing our dignity and our pride. We are winning this football game. It's only fifty dollars to go to Gillette. I might even just go. Just Cooper to watch was te- Cooper was texting us earlier if we want trying to see if we wanted to go. Actually, Colin, we we should. It might be Bill's I, last be game. I got I got to work late on Saturday, but who cares? Might be Bill's last game, and I mean he's not going out on an L. No, and he's riding high on like a forty to three W against the Jets, like old times. I like mm. it. You know what? I like it. it you know. That's the other thing. Sorry, sorry. Oh, no, no. You want to go, or should I get my? Permission? No, you can go. <sighs> this pains me. <laughs> this pains me. But I think we should lose. Do you know why? Because I believe Marvin Harrison Jr. will be a great receiver. That is who I want. But, oh, God, I don't want to lose to the Jets. And, frankly, I don't think Bill Belichick wants to either. There have been some really major reports about the dysfunction in the locker room. There's there's a lot of people saying that he will not be brought back. And uh, here's another thing, too. I know Bill doesn't want to go out on a loss. Another thing is this could potentially be – Greatest special teamer of all time, Matt Slater's final game in New England. I know he doesn't want to. I think they should lose, but they will not. Give me New England, probably. Well, even though you've got Zappy Hour there running the offense, which gives me all the, which gives like no confidence whatsoever, I would say probably like they're going to win by like 10. I'm emptying out the pockets. Give me the Patriots by like 25. They're gonna kill him this weekend. They're gonna kill him. Matthew Slater is gonna force a fumble on a punt. It's gonna be gonna be madness in Foxborough. Telling you, if I see if I see Matt Slater blocking a punt on Sunday, oh my lord! What's the discrepancy in pick if we win this game versus if we lost? All right, Um, so I know. So basically, if we lose, we are guaranteed the second overall pick. If we win, we could get it, but the commanders would also have to win. They're, you know what I mean? Because right now we're at three, I believe. That and, might not be the worst thing for us, though, because they yeah, have a good uh, receiving core. That's true, but but keep this in mind. If we win, then we could very well fall down to number five, and that means Williams is gone. That means Harrison's gone. That will basically give an excuse for organization to say, oh, boy, let's go O-line, which, to be fair, we need because Trent Brown, you know, is – he's just checked out. So, I mean, I don't know. But I would much rather Marvin Harrison. 
Screw Trent Brown. I hate that dude so much. Get him out of here. Gave up. Literally checked out. He was like unironically giving up. He checked out 10 weeks ago. I'm done with him. Well, uh, we got to go, I think. Um, yeah. With all that said in mind, the Jets also have not beaten the Patriots since, I want to say, 20, 2015. 2015. Yeah. No, no, 2015, because they had that uh, overtime win with the Ryan Fitzpatrick Lynn Sanity run back in 2015. Oh. Yeah, yeah. New England came yeah. in. 2016 and just started walloping them since. Yeah. So I'm going to say that Bill's going to continue the streak. Like you said, it's Bill's last game. It's hard to say. That perhaps. We don't know. Perhaps. Perhaps. Perhaps his last game as a Patriot. And what a better way to send him off with a beatdown of the New York football Jets. Next game, Browns, Bengals on CBS. Jets, Patriots is on Fox. Browns Bengals is on CBS. This one's not going to be as much of a as much of a barn burner as you'd want it to be. Bengals already eliminated. Browns have already locked up their playoff spot in the five seed. So Flacco's not playing. Other players aren't playing. Um, so they have Cincy at seven right now. Um, that being said. I'm probably going to go Cincy just because it's a throwaway game, and but Cincy by four. Colin, what do you think? I'm going to say the Browns still get it done. I think it's probably a field goal at the end of the game type of game, but I think that they still pull it out. Who's their backup? Is it? It's what's his name? Uh, uh, Dorian Dorian yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think PTR. that he might be able to pull it out versus Browning. And, I mean, is Jamar even going to play? Because they don't have playoff implications anymore, right? I mean, I assume oh, Jamar will still play. Yeah. And he's still taking the Browns. Like a separated shoulder or something like that? Mm. Yeah, AC joint or something like that. Double yeah. checking the injury. I'm not a doctor, but I know he's a wee bit on the banged up side, let me tell you. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Joe throw him out there as a distraction. Yeah. That's what Bill Belichick used to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jamar, uh, Jamar is currently not on the injury report. Joe Mixon is listed uh, as questionable. He did not practice Thursday. T. Higgins didn't practice today. Um, Jadobi Awuzi uh, is questionable. Jalen Davis is questionable. But I'd assume that T. Higgins and Joe Mixon will probably play. And in the case of Jamar Chase, He's four catches away from 100 catches, so I'd assume they're going to get him to that 100-catch mark at the very least if he will play. Yeah, you'd imagine that there is going to be an incentive with that. So I would assume Jamar Chase would play. Um, So, yeah, Bengals by – I'm going to go Bengals by – we'll spread seven. So Bengals by three. I'm going to go with what Colin was saying. Maybe it comes down to a last-minute field goal. Um, but on the other side, since you were saying that it'll come down to the Browns winning on a last second field goal. So I'm going to say Bengals on a last second field goal, CJ, your pick. Now, Jake Browning has not been playing well. However, I do believe that he's now playing for a job, you know, maybe it's a backup job somewhere else or whatever that, yep. wherever he comes back. 
Dorian Thompson Robinson isn't the greatest, but give me the Bengals by probably also a last second field goal for the sole reason that you're that you know you're not the division's not in play for you basically if you are Cleveland and your team is already injured, you know, to hell and back. So let's be real. There's no reason for you to risk Joe Flacco, you know, your new Lord and Savior, the real Joe Cool now, for this year at least, getting hurt. So I would say the Bengals by default. Yeah, and Jake Browning has done a job since um, since he's took taken over. He kept the Bengals within a playoff spot or within reaching distance of a playoff spot. And they're it just came down to one more if they had one more week to get the job done, but Apparently they don't anymore, so it's sad enough for him. But as CJ mentioned, this is going to be a big, uh, big go get yourself a bag type of game for Jake Browning. Yeah, head. There's also a head to the store and get whatever you need for the other games type of game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next game: Vikings Lions. So we'll look at the list real quick. Playoff scenarios. Minnesota Vikings clinches a playoff berth with a win, Green Bay loss, Seattle loss, and a Tampa Bay loss, or a all those minus the Tampa Bay loss and a New Orleans loss. And Lions are locked up in their spot. Um, yeah. Forgot, was there any word on players sitting? Gonna check right now. And you know, uh, while Chris is checking, I just want to say there are some fantasy leagues. I mean, not all of them, but some that go all the way to the end with week 18. I don't know if you guys know that. Yep. There are some leagues that my friends are in. And I'm like, for all fantasy managers out there, if you hear this and you have your uh, league going to week 18, shame on you. You're terrible and you need a lobotomy. <laughs> because players are going to sit out and that's just going to be the ultimate form of chicanery there. And uh, believe you me as someone who may or may not be in one, I don't much appreciate it. That is all. I think it's, it's essentially like smoking tea. You know what I mean? It does nothing. It's, it's it makes no sense. It's Fugazi yeah. having a week 18. I remember it accidentally happened one time while I was commissioner and I couldn't fix it. Yeah. It was too late. Wait, it's what Whatever. now? Can you repeat that? It's like smoking tea. Fugazi? You know, it does nothing. No, no, you said Fugazi. No, no, no. no, no, no. Oh, Fugazi. I'm gonna Fugazi. Say, I'm, you know, it's, a, yeah. it's nothing. It's a what? Yeah, okay, a I get it. <laughs> Come yeah. on. Yeah. I'm Tommy DeVito, and I approve this message. <laughs> yeah. Back to the game. Uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson is on IR, so that's a bit of a loss for the Lions there. He's been on um, IR for low these many weeks, my guy. Yeah, I know. So that's really the only thing that's hindering Detroit. Detroit has the spread by three and a half. Um, Vikings are playing for their playoff lives. Nick Mullins is getting the start this week. Um, I think that the Lions will get it done similar fashion to how it got done uh, in their last meeting. I don't think Mullins is going to throw four interceptions again, but I assume it's going to be close again. Say Detroit by three. I think Detroit's going to get it done, but what is the what are the implications of them winning? How high do they go in the standings? Nothing. I think they're yeah. locked. They're locked yeah, where they're, they are. Yeah, they're they're locked. Which is in. what the two spot or the three spot? The three, three spot. 
three spot. Okay. Yeah, this is like one of those so, I mean, games where you're not really playing to win. Sorry, I don't want to jump in on you, but it's like you're just no, playing no, no, not no, no, to no. get hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, who they're not sitting anybody either? They're not sitting Goff? Well, actually, if Dallas loses and Detroit wins, then Farwell actually wouldn't matter because Philly would jump Dallas. If uh, if Dallas loses and Philly wins, then Philly would just get into that two spot over Dallas and Detroit. Um, why am I Philly and uh, Detroit didn't play early this year, right? Mm. Why am I blanking on that? I don't believe so. Yeah, no, they didn't play early this year. Yeah. I don't know why. And, anyway, should I get my prediction? Yeah, now? yeah, CJ, give your prediction, please. I think if. Detroit, if they are smart, they're going to sit people, and I imagine they will. So if they do, just give me the Vikings, probably in like a low-scoring game. Because Nick Mullins, he's interception-prone, but this man can just chuck the ball all over the field without a care in the world. Like I said, like he's playing in the backyard. So, you know, so, you know, you got guys like Justin Jefferson and stuff that still, you know, want to be out there and whatnot. So let's be honest. I feel like the Lions, like I said, this is like a live to fight another day type of game. So give me Detroit probably by like three. I mean, not Detroit, the Minnesota. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. I think Minnesota gets it done, but I don't think the other teams lose for them to be able to get into the playoffs. No, probably not. Especially no. not with uh, Mullins or the Pastronaut there. Yeah. On to the next game. Jaguars Titans. So the Jaguars, as we mentioned, clinched the AFC South with a win or a tie and a tie in the Indy and Houston game, or they just clinch a playoff berth with a tie and a Pittsburgh loss or a Pittsburgh loss, a Denver loss or tie and Houston and Indy doesn't end in a tie. Huh? So they could so they could lose and still have a playoff spot. They just need or they could tie, excuse me, and have Pittsburgh or no, they could lose and have Pitts and have Pittsburgh and Denver lose. So it's all entirely possible. And Denver's playing uh Vegas. So that could be a toss up of a game right there. Uh but I'm gonna go Jaguars. Spreads at three and a half. Give me Jaguars by seven. They got a good pick-me-up game against Carolina last week. I think they continue to ride that momentum into this week. I'm riding that uh, that train as well. I think I'm going to go Jaguars. I think they get it done by probably like 10, though. 10 or 9. I'm fully expecting the Jaguars to win. However, once again, division game and the Titans, they're not playing for anything. They're looking to play spoiler. Derrick Henry's Lawrence, last game. Yep, Derrick Henry's – wait, what? Potentially potentially final game for Tennessee. Oh, for Tennessee. I thought you meant like in total. No, and no. And if that's no, the I case, should, I then I expect – I also expect Derrick Henry to just run all over the place. So I still think it's going to be Jacksonville, but like it's going to be a classic game where it's going to raise for your team a lot more questions than answers. So that being said, give me – uh, obviously Jacksonville, but by like two or three. Yeah, Jacksonville's just been a, a big mess 
in the last few weeks. The defense just completely fell apart. Trevor Lawrence still probably hindering his ankle from that high ankle sprain he suffered a couple weeks ago. So they don't started really know eight how, and three, right? Something like that. Eight and three, something like that. Um, I believe they were, yeah. Yeah, they started. Skate. They started eight and three, and then since then they are um, three and four. They're so, on Skid Row. Yeah. yeah. So they they need a win badly to get some sort of momentum going. It's a wild card weekend. Next game on the one o'clock slate: the Saints and the Falcons. Oh my lord! So. Falcons clinched the AFC South with a win and a Tampa Bay loss. The Saints clinched the NFC South with a win and Tampa Bay loss or a tie and a Tampa Bay loss. Or they clinch a playoff berth with just a win, Seattle loss or tie, and a Green Bay loss or tie. Or New Orleans ties and Seattle loses and Green Bay loses. We're not here for ties, though. Um, interesting stat: Atlanta's two and six on the road. New Orleans is four and three at home. Sit New Orleans. I'm gonna go Saints, assuming that Art Smith, for some reason, doesn't use Bijan or Drake London in this game as much as he should. And I think that that'll be his downfall, and somehow get him fired. But CJ was just saying that apparently his job is locked in for some reason so yeah it's very very unlikely he gets fired i heard but we'll save that for later yeah um so i i'll take atlanta or not atlanta i'll take new orleans on this one by four i'm not a businessman i don't care about ties i don't care about either team truthfully but uh give me the saints probably by four Four to seven points, I'm going to say. And Alvin Kamara has a great all-purpose game. I literally do not care. The NFC South is the epitome of brain rot. But that being said, give me the Saints. I don't trust Arthur Smith to use his players consistently because Arthur Smith. He will yeah. be fired next offseason or probably sometime next season. So, yeah, there's that. It's the Saints. It, probably by like 10. Moving on to the other NFC South game, Buccaneers-Panthers. Here's a surprising fact. Both of the Panthers' wins this year have been at home. Panthers are at home, but it's the Panthers we're talking about here. I'm going to go Tampa. Give me Baker Mayfield having a, a 252 touchdown game. Um, so, yeah, Buccaneers. Spread is at 4.5. Give me Bucks by 10. Is this game for the AFC South for the Bucks? NFC South, but yeah, if they Excuse win, me, yeah. So Tampa clinches the NFC South just straight up with a win. All they have to do is win, and they clinch. Yeah. Or Mike Evans is going for one twenty and a touchdown, six yeah. seven receptions. Godwin's going for another hundred yards, probably another five six receptions. Like you said, Baker's probably going two fifty three hundred two touchdowns. Yeah, I expect Baker Mayfield to go up. But um, that kid was a was a poor use of picks. That Panthers quarterback, what the hell's his name? Bryce Young. Young. Yeah, that guy. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's at a tough 
it's it's tough because you'd think that if he was in a better situation, then he would be doing a lot better. And like if CJ Stroud was with the Panthers, I think he'd be having a very similar season as Bryce Young. But if you were to put Bryce Young, but the other argument is if you put Bryce Young on the Texans, how good would he be playing at the same le- level as CJ Stroud? No, I do not. No, so. I, I do not believe so. And furthermore, exactly. you're going back to our games. You already know my stance on the NFC South. I'm going Tampa. I'm sorry. I know the Panthers want to play spoiler, but they are the Panthers. Yeah. It's Jover. They they don't have an injured Joe Burrow, but it's Jover. It's Jover. Um, So, yeah, everyone's got Tampa. So, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into the late afternoon Sunday games. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Chris Costa, CJ Medeiros, special guest Colin Garrity. Move on to our 4 p.m. slot on the Sunday slate. First up, NFC North rivalry, the Bears and the Packers. In Green Bay, Wisconsin, Lambeau Field. Not going to be great weather. 28 degrees, potentially some snow in Green Bay. Green Bay's got the line at three. And Chicago just barely getting eliminated from the playoffs. And that Chicago's just what a crazy story. They they lock up the one seed and somehow they go on a run to potentially get themselves into a playoff spot. But, you know, as CJ mentioned earlier, he should have won more games earlier in the season. And now they're sitting at seven and nine out of just barely out of the playoffs, eliminated from playoff contention. But for the Packers, Packers clinch a playoff berth with a win, just a straight-up win. Or if they tie, they need a Seattle loss or tie or a New Orleans loss or tie or a Seattle loss and a Tampa Bay loss or a Seattle tie and a Tampa Bay loss or tie. Or if Green Bay loses, they need Minnesota to lose or tie, Seattle to lose, and Tampa Bay to lose. or they need if they lose. Here's the second scenario: Minnesota loses or ties, Seattle loses, and New Orleans loses. Oh man, I'm starting to get out of breath from these freaking playoff scenarios. There's so many of them, but with this being a huge NFC North matchup, I say the Chicago Bears play spoiler to their hated. Men in green up north. I say they take down the Packers by four. DJ Moore gets himself eight catches. He needs eight more to get 100. 
and I think he's going to get there. He just got snubbed for the Pro Bowl. I say DJ Moore has himself a game where he says, hey, should have thought about me more, buddy. I should be in the Pro Bowl. I should have been selected. Give me the Bears. I know you can't see the front of my laptop, but there's a big old Bears helmet on it. I'm saying go Bears. They're winning this game by a field goal at the end of the game, but I think Jordan Love is going to have good 260, maybe 300 yards because he's almost at his incentive. It was another incentive where he made $250,000 if he threw for a certain amount of yards, I think. Um, and then and if he, he actually – he's going to be grinding for the playoffs. He makes $500,000 if he makes the playoffs. Oh, wow. Would that incentive be uh, 4,000 yards passing total? Could have been. I think he because, actually already sub- – uh, yeah, actually, I think it was because he's at like 3,800, I think. Yeah, he's at 3,843, so he would need – quick math, math here – 157. He would need 157 yards to break 4K. It was something like that. He also has more yards this year than any Bears quarterback has ever had in a season ever. Yep. <laughs> it's embarrassing for the Bears. Give me the Bears. Three Give points. Bears. CJ, what do you got? You know, I was going to say Bears upset and play spoiler, but no, no. N- now y'all, uh, y'all are making my pick less special. However, <laughs> I did not go to the Adam Wright school of trying to force uh, – different opinions so yeah no i'm still going chicago i like it i like it i like it um broncos, go bears go bears the bears uh broncos raiders in vegas uh broncos are already eliminated so this is just a game to kind of screw around with everyone else uh in terms of playoff scenarios um the broncos win they screw up basically everyone else at the very least, depending on how all the other teams do. Russell Wilson not getting the start, of course, because of that whole contract situation. Uh, Jared Stidham did get a win 16-9 last week against the Chargers, but that's against the Chargers. We're talking about a Raiders team that has really stepped up defensively, and it's just a very different team with Antonio Pierce. Broncos, I think the Raiders are going to take this game at home. Um, I'm going to go Raiders by seven. I think that the Raiders blow them out. I'm riding with Antonio Pierce. I think that he's been nothing but the best for the Raiders in a deep cave of nothingness of crap football. Uh, I think that he pulled them out of it just for the moment at least. And I think they're going to get it done by probably like 15, maybe 20. Like it. Once like again. I'm oh, sorry to say once again, I thought no. I was going to be the only one picking the Raiders, but yeah, hey, I'm <laughs> glad we're all on the same page. It's very nice. nice. Yeah, I'm going with the Raiders. Cause if you think about it, even though he's only the interim, Antonio Pierce is coaching for his job. You know, the players respond to him and give him another year. I think he can really develop. And Raiders, you better keep them because you already had a very good interim head coach that you let walk to your own detriment. Are you dumb enough to do the same thing twice? Only time will tell. Yeah, that's I, that's that's one thing that a lot of people have been bringing up is that the last time that they had a interim head coach was uh, Bucciagla. 
if I said his name right. But uh, isn't it like Basaccia? Basaccia. I either way, we're thinking about the same guy. He did a great job, brought his team to a playoff berth, and then didn't get hired as a head coach for some reason by Mark Davis. You would hope that Mark Davis would be smart enough to not make the same mistake twice, but this is the Las Vegas Raiders. He is Mark Davis. It's Mark Davis. The same person that hired Josh McDaniels, same team that drafted Jamarcus Russell with the first pick, same team that hired uh, John Gruden for head coach, which ended up being a terrible decision. Same team that let Bujiagla walk. So, who knows? Hypothetically, the Raiders should be stuck between a rock and a hard place with their coaching decision because if they lose Antonio Pierce, they should lose the locker room and the fan base as well. Oh, yeah. We're also talking about Mark Davis. That guy has been going to supercuts for like 45 (laughs) years. (laughs) Like, who knows what this guy's decisions were, you know? He's a villain. That's fair. Um, Next game, Eagles-Giants. So, uh, it's DeVito's not starting this game, right? It's Tyrod Taylor the rest of the way, pretty sure. But for the Eagles, why am I – okay. So, the Eagles, obviously, they need to win to clinch the NFC East. So, to clinch the NFC East, they need – they just need Dallas to lose. That's basically it. Doesn't matter if Philly ties or wins. They need Dallas to lose. With that being said, Philly's going to win. I don't think it's going to be a crazy amount, but I'm going to go on the safe side, Philly by seven, upwards of 14. Spreads at five and a half. I agree with you. I think Philly's going to take it probably the same amount, maybe 10, 14. But like I, like you were saying, or kind of like at least alluding to, I think that it's going to be not like too far of a game, but I think the Giants are going to be fighting uphill the entire time. And they need to bring the cutlet back. Throw them out there. Get the fans going. Huh. Well, uh, <laughs> Ah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Give me Philly. They have way too many fraud allegations in order to, you know, let this game pass them by. You know what? I know they're fraudulent. I know that things aren't looking good, but I wouldn't be shocked if they roll out there and just beat the snot out of the Giants just out of anger. And that's what they should do. If they cannot manage to do this, then I'm sorry. Five alarm fire. You can no longer deny. Either way, give me Philly. Yeah. Even with all – sorry, Colin, what were you saying? I was just saying, if they lose this game, then they're truly fraudulent. Yeah. Absolutely. Truly. And it really comes to – because they're not moving from their spot. They If they lose their – if Dallas wins and Philly wins, they're not moving. And if, regardless of a win or a loss, they're not moving from the five spot. But if Dallas loses and Philly wins, then they get bumped up to that two spot. Um, and even with all the turmoil, locker room chaos that's going on in Philly for their own for their own right, I still think that they'll be able to at least overcome it for one more week going into the playoffs. But I think the way that they beat New York this week might be a sign of what's to come for the playoffs. Yeah, 
Next game. Seahawks, Cardinals. So the Cardinals have a chance to play spoiler to their NFC West rival. Seahawks clinch a playoff berth with a win and a Green Bay loss or tie. Or Seattle ties in these two scenarios. They need a Green Bay loss or a Tampa Bay loss or tie. Or they need a Green Bay loss or a New Orleans loss or tie. So if we see the same Cardinals team that we saw last week against Philly, Seattle has no chance. But it's the Cardinals. You can't trust Jonathan Gannon and that defense too, too much, I feel like. Uh, or just that whole team in general. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Seahawks, but this but this might be one of those games where it's like decided by a point or two, and they're gonna crawl their way into the into the wild card weekend. I agree. I think it's gonna be a nail biter. I think that the Seahawks better be praying Kyler Murray doesn't pull up in like a Sean Kemp or like a Kraken jersey before the game, because that would be the end all be all for them in their season. But I think. Seattle gets it done probably by a little bit more than a field goal at the end of the game, and I think they end up getting into wild card. A Sean Kemper, Gary Payton, Supersonics jersey would be kind of clean. Yeah, that'd be dangerous because last week yeah. he pulled up in the Penguins in the Crosby jersey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know when it comes to this game. I, I, I really don't. This is just. I this is a game that I really believe could go either way. However, Seattle has a lot to play for. Divisional matchup. The Cardinals are playing spoiler. Cardinals, as we know, just shocked Philly. And I think they're gonna shock Seattle. Put me down for the Cardinals. I like it. I like, I like it. it. You know, and that's the thing. Like we were just talking about how it's a toss-up, but it feels like it should be a toss-up, especially the way Arizona played last week. So that's yeah. next game. Chiefs Chargers. Surprisingly, Chargers are the favorite here against the Chiefs. Spread is at three and a half. Just gonna double check injuries right now for Chargers. I mean, for the Chiefs. Oh yeah, that's right. Rasheed Rice and Kadarius Tony both ruled out. Legarius Sneed ruled out. Donovan Smith ruled out. Travis Kelsey, questionable. Isaiah Pacheco, questionable. Chris Jones, questionable. Jarek McKinnon on IR. Sky Moore still on IR. There's The Chiefs are battling the injury bug like no other right now. We've already seen Isaiah Pacheco miss a game or two uh, in the last couple weeks. Yeah. But... I highly doubt he's going to miss this one. I highly doubt Travis Kelsey's going to miss this one, but Travis Kelsey's probably going to struggle still. Um, hmm. Mahomes always finds a way to win, so my intuition wants to say Chiefs, but I, I just don't know. It's uh, – give me the Chiefs. Why not? Just screw it. I, it's hard. Really? It's really hard to bet against Mahomes. It really is. It is. It's impossible. They're still probably a probable for the Super Bowl, just having him. Yeah. 
that being said, what are they what are they doing? Have an open tryouts for receiver Marky Mark about to pull up and play receiver for the Chiefs? Like I don't they got no receivers. They don't have anybody to catch the football. If Travis Kelsey doesn't play, then the rest of their team's on IR and out. Gimme give gimme give the baseball bat kid in Los Angeles, the hockey stick. Gimme him by seven, six. I think that they upset the Chiefs. They're not what they used to be. Yeah, and in terms of playoff positioning, I mean, Kansas City isn't going to move at all. So they stay, yeah. at, they stay at the three spot, so it doesn't matter. You're right. Casey is not going to move. However, the Chargers, oh, my God, they have Easton Stick. <laughs> and the Chargers, as we all know, are battling the injury bug themselves. And to my knowledge, I do not believe that Keenan Allen's even going to play. So, once again, they have an injured Justin Herbert. They don't have an injured just, uh, Joe Burrow, but it's still Jover for them. Give me Kansas City and probably a very ugly game by, like, three. Actually, now that I think of it, I think it – for some reason I thought I saw somewhere that Mahomes wasn't even going to play. All right, well, if Mahomes doesn't play, then the Chargers will probably take it by, like, one. It's going to be, like, ten to nine. Give me the hockey stick by six. I think he gets it done. Um, if Mahomes doesn't play, that is. If Mahomes doesn't play, I'm Mahomes not the Chargers. Mahomes okay, then, then it's the Chargers. Then then the Chargers win. And it's gonna yeah. be the ugliest game. It's gonna be it's gonna go down in the halls of NFL history as just one of the games. Not even a good game, not a bad game, but just one of the games. Well, you don't want to, you can't trust 34 year old Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> no more than I can trust him on Blaine. a certain island. <laughs> if this he was, didn't tell me it was Blaine Gabbert. If, if this that was, might turn it around. who was, who was the quarterback who came in for Mahomes when he got hurt? Chad Henney. Chad, if yeah, Chad Henney was playing, I'd have a much different opinion on yeah. it. But since it's Blaine Gabbert, I'd, I'm going to have to go back to the Chargers on this one. Chargers. Right. Chargers. Uh, next game on the list is Rams-Niners. So this is one of those games where basically no one is playing. Um, Puka Nakua might end up playing anyways for the uh, offensive or the uh, rookie receiving yard record. He's currently at 101 receptions. And fourteen hundred forty-five receiving yards. Uh, I don't have it in front of me how many more yards he needs, but Niners basically have no one playing in this game. They don't have Purdy playing. CMC's sitting. Um, Rams already clinched a spot, and they're not moving from their spot either. Uh, yeah, Rams basically have the sixth spot locked up. 49ers have the first round by. So this game really has no bearing on anything at all. Um, yeah. It's Sam Darnold versus – why am I blanking on the Rams quarterback right now? John Wolford? Uh, is that him? Is that the Rams fella? Or – oh, is it Stetson Bennett? No. Oh, no, I think it's Carson Wentz starting actually. <laughs> 
I forgot he was a thing. Either yeah. way, give me the Rams. I'll go first. Sorry. Give me the Rams. I, I, this is literally just a game of just both teams trying not to get injured for the playoffs. But give me the Rams just because the Niners are not going to play any of their starters for the sole reason of they don't want to get hurt. And the they Rams just do have a tiny, tiny bit more to play for. Yeah. They have more to play for in terms of momentum into going into uh, the wild card game. Yeah, especially if Stafford's going to play his old his old team in the Lions. Yeah, true. Got to definitely stay rested up for that. Um, so yeah, go on your pick. I'm gonna go Rams. Pukunuku is gonna have like probably 70, 80 yards in the first half, and I bet he sits out the rest of the game. Yeah, and... I think. I was thinking the same thing. He'll probably they'll probably get him to that rookie record and then set him. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he, he's gonna have a good first half. They'll set him the second half. Rams end up taking the dub because they may not be sitting as many people as the Niners are sitting, but they're still sitting everybody. So uh, it's gonna yeah. be a snooze fest. Won't won't be watching this football game. But yeah, that's that's uh, my thought. Give me the Rams. And the last game in our 4 o'clock slate, Cowboys-Commanders. This is a game that you know for sure that everyone is going to be playing in. C.D. Lamb, 122 catches, 1,651 yards, receiving 10 touchdowns. He is on pace to potentially be Offensive Player of the Year, honestly. I mean, yeah, you have Tyreek about to set the receiving record as well. Um, but in turn, I mean, Tyreek has gone more yards and less catches, so it's hard to really take away from that. But I think if CD lamb has a better week this week than Tyreek, then CD lamb is probably going to end up being a higher candidate for offensive player of the year. Um, but in terms of how big this game is, I, we were saying the same thing about, uh, Philly and how Dallas basically just needs to win in their end, and they just need Philly to lose at all costs. Like, even if they lose and Philly loses, then they're in. So, and uh, then Philly needing to win and, like, literally needing to win despite them losing. Yeah. So, with it being the commanders and the worst defense in the league, I'm going to say Dallas – does the same thing they did on Thanksgiving. They're going to win by 30, I think. Hmm. It's not I'm riding that coat, too. CeeDee Lamb probably going to have a good 160 to 200 yards. I think it would be the funniest thing in the world if they lost, but I don't think they will. So, once again, give me Dallas. I feel like, though, that the commanders are going to rack up some garbage time points. But if you're a listener of the show, you already know how I feel about garbage time points. So it's going to make the game look deceptively close, but it it won't be. Either way, I'm still going Dallas. I want to see it. I would like to see it. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd like to see it. (laughs) Oh, my God. If they lose, oh, my God, that would just be the funniest thing since. uh, That'd be the funniest thing since the butt fumble, right, hand to God. That's like that's the only counterpoint that you really have to take the commanders though is that Dallas is on the road and everyone knows now that I just said that though now that I just said that you know what loud. I don't care anymore give me the commanders <laughs> for the oh. memes give for me the, the commanders for the up like a t-shirt 
Um, tell tell Adam to get thing. that meme ready. I, I don't care. It's for the memes. Give me the commanders. You know why? Because you only live once, kids. You only live once. You know what? I'm riding. Go W. I want to see Curtis Samuel have at least 120 yards. I want Terry to have another 100. Let's see it. See Sam Howell. Let's Terry see it, McLaurin Sam Howell. Up. Yeah. Ter- scary Terry legacy game incoming. I'm <laughs> now, riding only... with you, CJ. Let's go for the W. <laughs> we'll Thank take a quick you. break. When we come back, we'll get into the AFC East title game, the Bills and the Dolphins. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Power 88, Dean Radio, and Secret Weapon Consulting. Chris Costitz, CJ Medeiros, and Colin Garrity, our special guest. The main event of the weekend, the AFC's title game, Bills versus Dolphins. And for the Bills, this hat, for the Dolphins, they've clinched the playoff spot regardless. They're, they're in. If they lose, they'll drop down to the five spot where the Bills are right now, and that'll be it. For the Bills, this rides a lot more on them. They need to win because if other teams win and they lose, then they are completely out. They're completely out. So I'll read it off real quick. They clinched the AFC East with a win. But in order to actually clinch a playoff berth, They would need Pittsburgh to lose or tie, Jacksonville to lose or tie, or Indianapolis and Houston would both have to tie in their game. And so if Buffalo loses and all those other teams win or whatnot, the Bills are out of the playoffs. Wow. That's – it's intense. But – Give me the Bills. Buffalo has spread by two and a half. Bills are riding on a four-game win streak. They've also won five of their last six, with that one loss being in Philadelphia, where they lost 37-34 to in OT, a game that they probably should have won. I think the Bills are just riding too hot right now. Dolphins. Dolphins are not looking good. Dolphins are really not looking good. Let me... Let me pull up the injury report real quick if you guys want to make your pick while I'm doing that. You know what? Give me Buffalo. Look, I know Miami's got all the flash and stuff, but they are a wee bit on the banged up side. And let's be real. I feel like we can all admit in some capacity that they are frauds. So, yeah. Sorry. No, I got to go Buffalo here. I just think they have more to play for. I mean, you literally control your own destiny. So, 
don't know. Costa, let me hear the let me hear the IR before I make my pick. All right. Everyone that's hurt or on the injury report for the Dolphins. Bradley Chubb, obviously he's out for the year. Tyree Kill, Xavier Howard, Raheem Mostert, Jalen Waddle, potentially most likely not playing. Devon HN, Teron Armstead, Jerome Baker, or yeah, for some for some reason I was thinking he was done for the season. Uh, Lester Cotton, Liam Eikenberg, Javon Holland, Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson, David Long Jr., Duke Riley, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey was a full participant, though. Zach Sealer and Tua, but Tua is most likely playing. He's He was a full participant. But the injuries are stacking up for Miami right now. And you can say that that is a big reason why they didn't win last week against Baltimore. But 56 to 13 is not a great excuse to start throwing around the injury bug. But regardless of what I just said, give me Buffalo. Um, They're just riding the hot hand. You can't go against the hot hand in this case. I think that I was torn before you gave me the IR because my girlfriend's family is a Miami Dolphins family, and I I wanted to give them the pick. But I'm going to stick to my guns. I think Buffalo is going to get the win. I also think that Buffalo is going to clinch the AFC East and go on to win the Super Bowl. Ooh. It pains me to my bones to say it, but I think the Bills get it done this year and win their first Super Bowl. I mean, that's what it's kind of shaping up to be, that they'll at least make it to the AFC Championship against Baltimore, potentially. That it's a good story be... for it's a good story for the NFL if they meet in the AFC Championship with the Chiefs and the Bills. You got the Jamar Hamlin story. You got the Chiefs again. I think the Bills yeah. get it done. I think they end up upsetting whoever gets out of the shaky NFC East. Or excuse me, NFC South. Just the entire hey, NFC. The entire yeah. NFC. I don't know. Whoever gets out of the playoffs over there, I think it's going to lose to whoever's <laughs> over here. Oh, okay, I got it. I thought you were talking about But let me tell you something right now. I I think, I mean, yeah, it's all well to all good with the Bills, but I believe in the Cleveland Browns. That's the real story for me. Joe Flacco. Yeah. Joe Flacco. Man is elite. Elite! For the first time in his career, he is elite. <laughs> I would All love right. to see a Browns Browns Lions Super Bowl. <sighs> Browns Lions Super Bowl would be good. Make me some money. Be... Oh yeah. Um. Any last thoughts on this game before we move on? Nah, no. All right. We'll move on. We'll skip the break. We'll get right into our next topic. So at the end of every season, the Monday after the final games have been played is considered Black Monday. Why is it considered Black Monday? Well, it's because that's when a bunch of people get fired. Coaches, GMs, executives, and usually it's from bad teams. So we just mentioned before Arthur Smith. His job is, for some reason, safe. Matt Eberflus is another guy that we were talking about before the show whose job is safe, which is understandable because this this is his first year, right? So do, normally you aren't going to fire a first-year head coach. 
Art Smith, on the other hand, is crazy because for two years in now, and for some reason, it's the same old thing. He can't incorporate his weapons. Kyle Pitts looks like a bum for some reason, even though he's not. Drake London looks like a bum, even though he's not. Bijan Robinson is a stud and continuously gets put in the doghouse for no reason. So it's kind of a weird question mark that Art Smith wouldn't get fired at the end of the season. At a couple weeks ago, there was a report that they were going to ride him out the rest of the year, but it didn't mean that they weren't going to fire him at the end of the season. But that was the last report that I had seen. CJ um, had seen differently, though. Yeah, I, uh, you know, as far as coaches go, I don't believe either who's going to get fired. I've heard that uh, Smith's job is secure. But if there are two coaches that I am willing to put money on getting fired, it's probably going to be Frank Reich and Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera. Especially was Reich. Be, yeah, Ron Rivera was going to be another one that, um, yeah. well, Frank Reich just got already got fired. Wait, I, I yeah, I forgot about that. Sorry, you know. Wait, I'm sorry. I always forget that. I always <laughs> forget that because you know the Panthers are still terrible regardless. Yeah. But yeah, so he's out. Uh, Chargers fella is already out. But yeah, so I, I I don't know at this point. I genuinely, actually, like, don't know. It's the only one like I said that I would put money on getting fired is Ron Rivera. I've heard the name uh, Mike Rabel getting thrown around, but frankly, I don't see it. And if anything, Mike Rabel gets traded for picks. I don't see that happening. People usually, unless it's like a Sean Payton level coach, I usually don't see that happening. But you know what? Screw it. We're going into week 18. I say no more beating around the bush. Let's address the elephant in the room. All right. We all know who we're thinking of. Is Bill, like right here, right now, is Bill Belichick staying or going? Chris? I feel like he's going to end up going. I, it's You just hear so much about how much Kraft and Belichick have been butting heads with each other. Is this about and what just, I sent in the group chat yesterday by any chance? Yeah, that I, yeah. I did. That was... What you sent was way more than what I had seen prior to you sending that. But yeah, it's on the Boston um, Herald, by the way. So yeah. Yeah. But it's just all the reports, especially the ones at the middle of the season. The one in the middle of the season was that the Bill Belichick's future was dependent on how the Colts on how they did against the Colts in Germany, which obviously they did very horrid against the Colts in Germany. And then there was another report that came out that said because of the Colts game in Germany, he's most likely going to be done this year. And then all these other stories now, a couple days before the game, finally come out that show how much dysfunction was actually going on in the locker room, even between Belichick and Bill O'Brien. Now, Belichick wasn't allowing O'Brien to bring in his own guys. And it seemed that Kraft's really wanted Bill to go in a different direction, but Bill was being stubborn and didn't want to go for it. So it's hard to say that Bill won't be leaving after this season, but it's also the New England Patriots. You never really know what's true 
when news like that gets out of the locker room. Yeah. Uh, before I give my answer, Colin, I'll let you uh, say it. Because like I said, this is really like we can dance around Black Monday all we want. But this, this is the big question. This really is. Like I said, it's the elephant in the room. And I feel like right now, even without our good friend Adam and Tuck, good friends, uh, we got to address this. This needs to be addressed before our episode Tuesday. Well, first, I'm glad Brandon Staley's out the door. Yeah. Smell them. Secondly, I couldn't imagine when I was a child hearing a question being, is Bill Belichick going to get fired when the season's over? I never in a million years would I have perceived that that would be even brought up by talk show hosts or my friends, anything. I don't think that he's going to get fired. I think that he gets another season and gets one more shot at it. If it goes the same way, I think he parts ways and just does his own thing. Doesn't even get fired. Mm-hmm. What do I know, though? They're like the media. Or they're like CNN. It's propaganda, man. They're just feeding it out. They're just Whatever they want, they'll leak out to the news. That, that could be... That's the point that I was making, yeah. though. You don't know what's actually true yeah. coming out of the Patriots. Saying, line, yeah. Respectfully, NBA media is far worse, but that's just me. <laughs> now, as for me, I have spoken to many people about this. I've spoken to friends. I've spoken to family, other football folk. And if you recall last episode, we were talking about Will Bill. We were talking about, oh, what's going to happen? Should they fire him? Remember that? And I just said, I plead the fifth. I'm not, I'm not getting into it. Well, here we go. Whether you are anti-Bill or whether you are pro-Bill, you cannot deny that there is a Pittsburgh, like a 2018 Pittsburgh Steelers level of drama happening in that locker room right now. People are butting heads, and if the reports are correct, this all stems, like I think the wheels started coming off in 2017, where Bill Belichick tried to trade Tom Brady. And before the pro-Belichick mob bites my head off, I will tell you, this is an established fact. He almost he tried trading Gronk. Tra- yeah, I was going to get there. And he, he tried did trading Gronk. Yeah. He completely And then he retired. Yeah, because <laughs> he's Gronk. He's going to go through and retired. Yep. So that's the thing. <laughs> he tried trading Brady, tried trading Gronk. These are undeniable facts. We know this to be true. And this, what we also know, rubbed Kraft the wrong way, and apparently, and then benching Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl also really drove a division there. But, you know, then they get the ring, and it's all kumbaya. But now we are in 2023. Now, one thing that I will give New England credit for is that this season, they are extremely injured. Kendrick Bourne, Matt Judon, Christian Gonzalez are all on season-ending IR. You know, like I said, let's be brutally honest. The injury bug has ravaged this team. And, but some people would say maybe they were built a little too top-heavy, maybe this, maybe that. But a lot of people I know, myself included, don't have an issue with Bill the coach. I, I don't. And Chris, I'm going to wager that you, as a whole, do not have an issue with Bill the coach. No. The issue for most of the fan base, for most NFL people, remains to be Bill the GM. Because this man has completely neglected the offense. 
well, I know what you're saying. Oh, but he knows how to draft linemen. It's really just receivers. I'm like, you know, perhaps that is. But, you know, he always makes his hay late in the round. He's always finding undrafted free agents. But the NFL is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. This is the truth. And when you move on from Bill, you also have to realize he still holds sway. And a question we need to ask ourselves is, what assistant coaches and front office personnel will be going with him? Because dollars to donuts, there will be some that go with him. This is just the truth. And are these people integral parts to the team? Or are they like Adrian Clem and Mike Pellegrino, who, are just, who by the way, are New England's offensive line and corner coaches, who are just Bill Belichick's yes-men? Truthfully, I said this last episode, and I will reiterate it. I think you can flip a coin. I genuinely believe it's 50-50. And I have heard that Robert Kraft's main hope is to keep Bill as a coach, but he will relinquish the power of GM. However, I'm here to tell you he will not do that. And whether you are pro-Bill or anti-Bill, I think we can all agree. Yep, see that? Collins got the coin. He knows. He knows. So... Whether you're pro-Bill or anti-Bill, I think we can all agree that whoever they bring in to be GM, Bill will not coexist with this individual. Which is why, after much consideration with all the facts laid out, I believe that Robert Kraft wants to win. And I don't, I can't say if he'll be fired, traded, or whatever, but as of now, like I said, he can flip a coin, but I am leaning towards that he will not be there in any capacity next season. That's a great point, CJ, that if he he gives up this de facto GM position, he's going to, excuse me, he will not give up this de facto GM position. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Up, without vacating mm -hmm. the coaching position as well, because he's yeah. going to be like, well, you don't want me to do that, yeah. then what the hell am I doing? Exactly. Gonna hit the road. And, and, you know, everybody's like, oh, but the, you know, but, you know, he's had a bit of a slump, but this and that and injuries, but you got to remember this draft, he's been in a slump in the draft from 2014 to 2019. That's inexcusable. And it did set us back. And just what's really frustrating is just the lack of offense. And I know Mac Jones has been underwhelming. We've been in cap hell before. I get that. But it's the fact that he hasn't tried to find a wide receiver one. You know, Bourne's good. You gave a stupid contract to Aguilar. And look, and I know Nikhil Harry didn't pan out, but but it just feels like not enough has been done. I mean, he threw money at Juju, but we all didn't think he was going to be a, a one. And to underlie how bad of an issue this is, wide receiver really emerged as an issue, right? My senior year in high school, back in 2019, you know, 2020 thereabouts, I am now a senior in college, and it is still an issue. We, and, we went from, Colin and I had just graduated high school at that point. Yeah, because you and, guys are a year above me, yeah. And we, so we are talking about, um, we're talking about dealing with Edelman, Mohamed Sanu, and who you trade a second rounder for, I might add, and a rookie Jacoby Myers, I think, yeah. and a rookie no tight Harry, who was injured for most of it, and mm -hmm. no tight end. You brought out back Benjamin in Watson, and Watson, yeah. Um, and I, I can't ben even Watson think of... in Madden 10. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, what a, what a monster. Hold on, I just want to say though, I will preface this 
I don't really put that receiver class too much on Bill because unlike the Bill of today, Bill of 2019 tried. And everybody says he didn't try, but I will say in 2019 that argument doesn't work because he traded for Sanu, that didn't work. He drafted Harry, that didn't work. We extended Josh Gordon, that didn't work. We say Antonio Brown, that didn't work. But he kept trying. Here, it seems like he's getting gun shy. That's not what you can do. Because he knows as well as we do narratives are forming. He he may be a guy that keeps his cards close to his chest, but he knows everything that's said about them. Don't let anyone, pro or anti-Bill, tell you otherwise. But at the end of the day, like I said, I, I would not be shocked if he comes back. But, but Kraft apparently really wants him to step down as GM but stay as a coach. But we all know Bill's not going to coexist there. And I think that's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be fired. I don't know if there'll be a mutual parting of ways. And I also don't know if I, I've heard that there's a possibility they might actually trade him. I don't know. But I mean, if you're going to let someone like Belichick go, and that's the other I thing. I would hope they trade him personally. They, because, what's the yeah, player composition? Like Chargers. a compensation, rather. Yeah, send him to the Chargers. Get, get a few firsts out of it. That would work. Yeah. Why not? But but then again, you would have to ask how many of the coaching and front office personnel are going to go with him because I also expect player personnel director uh, Matt Grow, who by the way, a report came out that he and Bill, the reason they did not draft a good offensive tackle or sign a good one was because they believed everybody in the draft of agency was, and I quote, overrated. So I feel like Grow, Clem, and Pellegrino would probably leave with Bill, but I will just leave that there. I still think it's a coin flip, but as a but think of it like an election, right? This is like if if it's like it's like a 50-50 race. It's a pure toss-up, you know what I mean? But I am tilting, tilting like one percent. Like it would be like a 51-49% that he leaves. Yeah. So wait, hold on. I just want to say one more thing. I'm sorry. I just realized <laughs> this. I know. This segment, as you can see at the bottom, is deceptively labeled Black Monday. I don't expect him to get fired Monday. Or if they move on from I don't expect it to happen Monday. They Ron are Rivera, on the other on hand, Monday. oh, he's out. He's out Monday. Yeah. Yeah, Colin, if you were to have, besides Belichick, uh, if you are to throw the mortgage at a coach getting fired, who's your pick? Staley already happened, and that was really my pick for the season. But I'm going to rock with – I like that Ron Rivera pick. Although I like Ron Rivera, his team had, wasn't terrible. I mean, you just – the worst defense in the league, unacceptable. I mean, yeah. I don't know what he's working with on the other side. Not the greatest, but oh, wait, they need to move on. on. I, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I have one more piece yeah. of knowledge here. Not about Bill. If the Saints don't make the playoffs and win the division, I I believe that Dennis Allen's going to get canned. You know, yeah. I'm going to throw a I'm going to throw a hot take out there. I think Arthur Smith still loses his job. He should. It would be the he right should. decision. But I think something I mean, bad happens this week where he just completely underutilizes everybody to like an extreme extent. Or it's yeah. going to be like some stupid game management thing that he's like completely screws up <laughs> on the sideline. He's like, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, but that's the thing, though. Oh, he looks like a shot. lot of people that said he was. I want to point out that a lot of people that said he was safe have since backpedaled on that a little bit. But either way, I don't know. That's my. I, he should I'm be going fired. Get him out of here. Oh yeah, and I will maintain though, if the Saints don't win the division, I think Allen's fired. And the only one that I can tell you with a hundred percent certainty is gone is Ron Rivera. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Running out of time right now. So we'll get to the Pro Bowl. Rosters just got released, and immediately everyone is looking at players that got snubbed. And two that jumped out were Brandon Ayuk and DJ Moore. So the receivers that made it over uh, those two, CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, Puka Nakua. So I'll read out all of their stats real quick. So CeeDee Lamb, 122 catches, 1,600 yards. That's reasonable. A.J. Brown, 105 catches, 1,400 yards. That's reasonable. Puka Nakua. Making it as a rookie, 101 catches, 1,400 yards. And now we'll go to and Mike. So Mike Evans, 76 catches, 1,200 yards. So those are your four receivers that made it. Mm-hmm. Wait, did I? Okay. Sorry. Brandon Ayuk should have made. Brandon Ayuk should have made the Pro Bowl over Mike Evans. That's so, ridiculous. Yeah, he has yeah. 72 catches, 1,300 yards, and seven touchdowns, Ayuk does. Yeah, and so the three that I would say could be considered as uh, snubs, Monra St. Brown, 112 catches, 1,300 yards. Ayuk, 72 catches, 1,300 yards. DJ Moore, 92 catches, 1,300 yards. I feel like of the three that we just mentioned, Monra St. Brown – should probably go in over, say, Mike Evans. Mm, fair. And it's hard to really take Puka out when he's doing this all in his rookie year and he's about to make, break the rookie record. Yeah. He yeah. deserves a spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way. Oh, sorry, continue. No, you're good. You're, you can go. I was going to say, I have two ideas for snubs, all right? Okay. They're both AFC, and they're both on the defensive side of the ball. Also, I'll throw one special teamer on there, too, in the NFC. Actually, no, no, no. Not This one's a NFC defense here. Uh, Giants linebacker Bobby O'Karaki. Mm. I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. This man, this man here, 142 tackles, uh, he had one and a half sacks. That's just because he's not a pass rusher. Nine passes defended, four forced fumbles, and two picks. And he did not make the Pro Bowl. Instead, they went with you know your token every year Pro Bowler and Bobby Wagner because of name value alone. You can be upset with me, but this is the truth. Furthermore. In the AFC, hot take, I don't know about Quinn and Williams. 37 tackles, three and a half sacks, and a forced fumble. And this might be the homer me coming out. But really, Christian Barmore doesn't get any love. You know, 33 tackles, one forced fumble, but eight and a half sacks. He had five more sacks than Quinn and Williams. But once again, I think it's because the Patriots suck right now. 
you got to give Christian Barmore a little love. That's just me. Yeah, I like it. And and there's one more. God, I hate saying this. I really, really do. But the Cowboys kicker, no, no, no. The Cowboys kicker, Brandon Aubrey, he made 100% of his field goals. 35 of 35. And you could say, hmm, no playoffs for him. And he went 44 of 47 on extra points, which, you know, you kick a lot more extra points. So that's uh, understandable, I guess, especially because Dallas scores a lot. But you made 100% of your field goals, and 93.6 will round up, call it 94% of your extra points. And nope, no Pro Bowl. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. I Another one that I had was Josh Allen. And, yeah, he has the turnovers, but dude also has 42 touchdowns this year, rushing and passing. Combined. Who are the running backs in the AFC that made it? Um, looking. I think Brees Hall was one of them. Derek Henry. Right. I no, know. I was gonna say Brees Hall. I felt was a snub because I don't think he made nope. it. Brees Hall did not make it. It's Mostert, James what? Cook, and Derek Henry. James. Cook James made. Cook. Oh, what James a goofy! Cook. You know what? what? I'm done. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, the there wasn't really a lot. What of about what about ATN? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Also. You know what? I don't know, guys. I, I, I personally, I'm, I'm done with just the Pro Bowl in general. <laughs> it's not about how good you are. It's not. It's literally about how good your team is. It's literally a popularity contest. It doesn't I mean, matter what your stats are. And do you know how I know? Do you know how I know? There was one year where Matt Stafford threw for over five thousand yards, and he had over forty touchdowns, and was not selected to the Pro Bowl. That, in and of itself, even though it's just one case, is enough proof for me to say. That Pro Bowl voting is ridiculous, and when you let the fans pick the teams, I don't know if that's such a great idea because, let's be honest, fans don't know ball, which is ironic because I'm a fan just spouting my opinion. But good God. Yeah. I and, thought it was funny how when we started this, you guys were like, oh, if we run an hour and a half, our producer's going to kill us. <laughs> yeah, well, here we the are people need to know. The people need to know. The people need to know. We did it. Um, but look, but to go to the James Cook and Travis Etienne point. So James Cook has more rushing yards in uh, 30 less carries. But the oh. thing with James Cook is that he only has two touchdowns this year. Travis Etienne has 11. Now, Derrick Henry and Raheem Mostert, very understandable. Derrick Henry hitting a K. Raheem Mostert hitting 1K. Raheem Mostert has 18 touchdowns this year. Derrick Henry has 11. Holy shit. He has 18 touchdowns? Excuse yeah. my French. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> That's insane. But, yeah. Wow. Colin makes a great point. Tra- Travis Etienne should be in the Pro Bowl over James Cook. Yeah. Or I thought Brees Hall had a great season, too. I thought that he could have been. I, James Cook is, I mean, his yards per carry must be incredible. I mean, I don't want to, you know, take away from what he's done. But come on. These guys were killer all year. Travis Etienne and Brees Hall. Yeah. James Cook is averaging. What, was, what were Brees Hall's full, stats? James Cook is averaging a full yard more on average than tra- Travis Etienne. Brees Hall Actually, Colin isn't having as great of a season as you might think. He's only he only oh, has okay. 816 yards mm-hmm. on the season, but he only got 186 carries and was averaging 4.4 per carry and four touchdowns. That's wild. It is. Never mind. I retract. I tracked the Hall statement. I stick to my ATN statement. 
All right. Well, we'll end the show on that. Any last thoughts from you two before we sign off? Pleasure being here. Yo. Thanks for having me. So that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. New episode coming out on Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Episodes on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. And be sure to follow our Instagram, Fumble Podcast, to keep up with the pod. And also be sure to follow the TikTok Fumbaruski pod and the, all the latest coverage on the NFL. Colin, it's a pleasure to have you on. Should definitely get Thank you, you on for the having pod me. again. Well, de- Everyone definitely go watch our podcast we just did. Me and Costage. It yep, was fantastic. New, new Polluted Thoughts podcast out right now with me as the guest. Me, Chris Costage, as the guest. Um, that's out right now on all platforms that I just uh, laid out for us. But with that, yes, Chris Gossage, CJ Medeiros, and our special guest, Colin Garrity, we will see you next week over and out.